stretch like a detail. The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. What is up, you guys? Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I am your host, Deanna, and I am thrilled to have you tuning in for today's episode. And if you are showing up, you are listening, you are tuning in to the MRP, you're ready to make that change. You, at the very least, know that the mindset piece, the mental work that needs to be done is incredibly valuable, incredibly important, and absolutely necessary in order for you to progress through the many stages of your life, whether that's fitness, your career, your relationships, and I'm here to talk about it. I'm here to share a lot of my experiences that have helped with my own mental growth, my mental journey, my mindset shifts, and allowed me to be the person that I am today. And the coolest part about all of this is that the person I am today will be very, very different in five years, in 10 years, in 30 years from now. But putting in this work, kind of nailing down the basics, the fundamentals, the foundation, or at least at the very least, the understanding of how important this shit is, is going to help me continue to grow throughout that time rather than continuously stay stuck or stagnant or complacent. And that makes me so excited. And I get asked this a lot, you know, what's my five-year plan? What's my 10-year plan? Where do I see myself? I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. And if you would have asked me that same question five years prior to, I probably did have some general understanding and some projection of where I would be. But now I'm kind of an open book and I'm really, really excited to just see kind of where where this takes us, where the future lies. And you guys should all be equally as excited if you are putting in that same work, that same mindset shifts and development, because it's going to allow you to build on the person that you are every single day, year after year. And who knows? Who knows where that's going to lead you? Who knows what opportunities are going to present themselves and what opportunities you're going to create for yourself? So it is an ever-changing, everlasting, forever type journey. And luckily for all of us, so is fitness. So is your fitness journey. It is a forever thing. And it's something I like to tell my clients a lot of the time as well. Whenever anybody is stuck in the, how long is this going to take? I'm like, yo, we're doing this shit forever. And of course, your goal 50 years from now may not be to lose 10 pounds or to have abs or to be shredded for your vacation, but your goal is going to be to be healthy. It's going to be to be thriving, to feel good, and all of the things we're doing, we're going to be doing it then too. So it is a forever thing in the relationship between your fitness journey and your mindset, your mental journey. They go hand in hand, and that is what I am here to talk about and teach each of you today. Before I dive into the show, I also wanted to just pause for a second and say, holy freaking moly, all of you guys who are repping the MRP, I swear my heart has never been happier. I love, 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 love seeing the merch on each of you. I love being tagged on Instagram, seeing all of your stories. I think it looks fantastic. And yes, I'm going to toot my own horn here a little bit, but I'm really freaking proud of myself. I think the designs came out really well. I was very happy with how they were printed. The apparel itself is super comfy cozy, which is always, you know, 10 out of 10 for me. It's always a must. And I just freaking love it. The averages over pieces look insane. And I was wearing it around the other day and I could just feel the eyes on me. Like I just, I know, and I loved it. I'm like, fuck yes. I was waiting for someone to be like, what is that sweatshirt? I was waiting for someone to ask so I could just unload my two cents on average being over and what the heck that means to just show up as the best, highest, most badass version of you. And then of course the mind over matter one as well, which personally I think I like the MRP logo better on that one. And if you guys have absolutely no idea what I am talking about, I did release Mental Reps podcast merch and the link is live in the description of today's episode if you want to go check it out and you want to rep a little MRP action for yourself. But seriously, if you guys did purchase a piece, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate your support so incredibly much. And like I said, it has made me the happiest human the past couple of days seeing all of you getting your pieces, sharing them, and just rocking the MRP loud and proud. So as the name suggests, we are going to be doing kind of a deep dive into me finding myself. And that sounds so woo-woo and that is so the opposite of who I am and what I stand for, what I believe in. But I really wanted to talk through my own personal identity shifts throughout the course of the last, I don't know, 
10, 10, 15 years or so. And I have not been on this planet for too, too long. I'm only 24. So I know that my identity shifting and phases and chapters of my life, they will continue to change and grow and evolve. And who knows, 10 years from now, I'll be doing another episode about the identity shifts I've had since this one. And essentially what that means is kind of just the different phases of who I've been. And I do strongly believe every phase of my life to this date has served an incredibly important reason one way or the another to shape me into who I am, to put me in a position that I am, to create the life that I'm living currently. And again, that will continue to evolve. And going through this topic, no, I cannot teach you, you know, how to shape shift or how to switch the entirety of your persona because I do really strongly believe as well that each of us is someone to our very, very core. And that person in some capacity will show up in every chapter of our lives. All of my chapters that I'm going to talk about, I I am who I am. I, I, you know, my being is not entirely different one phase to the next. That person that you are deep, deep down to your very core, they live through every single phase. They show up in every single phase. It's just... And it's not a bad thing either. Like you don't need to change who you are. You don't need to completely get rid of the old you. It's more so just a matter of kind of highlighting the positives that we possess and then learning how to leverage and work with and navigate the negatives. Like there is no need to completely scratch out, leave the old you behind. You know, everyone coming into a new year at the start of this year, you know, old me staying in 2022. Like the old you is freaking incredible. The old you got you to where you are right now. And hey, maybe the old you had a few things you want to work on and that's fine but you to your core you as a human being you're fantastic you're exactly who you need to be to do what you need to do we just need to learn throughout the course of this time when it is time to kind of shift that identity a little bit find your footing and find the version of you because it is still you that you feel the truest in the happiest healthiest most lively radiant glowing version of you And fortunately, a lot of us will, in fact, feel like the truest, happiest, healthiest, thriving, glowy version of us with a solid relationship with fitness, health and fitness. So no, you don't need to become, you know, this overly obsessed fitness chick who is grinding, grinding, grinding all days of the week in order to reach your final destination, your final identity. But I'd be very hard pressed to say it's not a major piece of the puzzle. At least for me, it was. And I know that uh, a lot of people out here will agree when you started to prioritize your health, your nutrition, your workouts, just the healthy aspects of your life, your identity, who you are, who you define yourself as, the things you value, the relationships you have, the routines that you go through every day, they change as well. And 99.9% of the time, they change for the better. And I think that's a pretty incredible thing that, like I said, they are tied, they are linked. And I think that they can happen simultaneously. You don't need to pick. You don't need to say, okay, I'm going to go on my fitness journey. When that is done, I'm going to switch my identity into the person that I've always wanted to be. It happens very, very much intertwined at the same time, one versus the other, kind of going along this journey together. And the biggest transformations in fitness always are the mental ones, always. And that's why you guys are here, right? To transform your brain, to transform your mind in order to change your body. And wherever you're at in your own identity pathway, I think we can all really benefit from reflecting on where we've come from, where we've been, and then deciding, making a conscious decision as to where we want to go. Because it is a choice. And it is a choice the second you believe that it is a choice. You are not stuck in where you're at. You're not stuck in who you are. Again, unless you're thriving, living, glowing, best, happiest version of you, chill out there, have fun, be that version of you. And who knows, maybe it will change, maybe it won't. But if you have areas of your life that you do see fit to improve and you know that there's a better version of you out there waiting, you have this kind of envision of, you know, 20 years from now, you're living this, you're you're in a different location, you're doing a different job, you're, and you know that version of you, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, she's, she's out there, she's out there. If you have that dream, that vision, I know I do personally, that's where we have to start to identify okay, well, what is the difference between where I'm at now and where I want to go and be able to learn how to bridge that gap? Um, And I want to talk you guys through my kind of own identity shifts because 
you guys see me now in my current identity as, you know, the girl on Instagram, the girl with the podcast. She's kicking ass at life. She's got this badass mentality, you know, get shit done, averages over. And I love that. But that's a very, very small piece of who I am and a very small piece uh, that I show you guys daily and absolutely 0% of the journey that I have been through in order to get where I'm at. And I think it's really important for each of us to recognize our own shifts through this journey in order to be able to project and build and grow and decide moving forward what our next identity is going to look like. So we're going to do a little rewinding a bit. Taking you guys to uh, taking you guys back to what feels like the glory days, the good old days. Growing up, I had, and I'm very fortunate to say this, one of the best childhoods. I really, really did. So, for those of you who don't know, I am a triplet. So I always like to say there's three of me. Obviously, no, there's not three exact replicas of me. Uh, it's me, my sister, and my brother. We are not identical. We are fraternal, just to give you guys a little image here, a little uh, clarity to to visualize. So, growing up, I identified myself as a triplet. Why? Because that was pretty fucking cool. It was pretty fucking unique. And every time anybody ever found that out, it was like they were blown away. So that kind of just became my identity. And what's interesting to note about this too, is that being a triplet is probably the furthest thing from your own identity. You're literally identifying yourself in a group. You know what I mean? Like, and half the time, people would refer to the three of us. My name's Deanna, obviously. My sister, Dara, and my brother, Derek, would refer to the three of us as the triplets or the three Ds or just, you know, it was never like as individuals. I had no problem with this. Why would I? Growing up, that's who I was. Anywhere I went, boom, brother and sister right there with me. We're like the three amigos, absolute best friends in the whole wide world. We did everything together. We, you know, obviously went to school together. My sister and my brother at one point, we all went to gymnastics together, practicing. Like we were never alone. We were always either in pairs of two or the full three of us. Always, always, always. So growing up, I was a triplet. I learned very well how to, you know, be friends with others, be able to be in groups. Like that's how I lived my life. I was never by myself. I felt more uncomfortable alone than I did a, in a group because that's what I was absolutely used to. So there was really no identification. Um, and I think that it wasn't probably until maybe end of middle school, like eighth grade, when you start to kind of get your own personality, you guys know what I'm talking about. You're like 12, 13, you're becoming a teenager. And all of a sudden you need your own identity. It's like this aha moment of who am I? I need to stand out. You start doing like rebellious shit, all that stuff. But we will get to that in a second. So growing up, that was, that was me. I was a triplet. That was it. That's all I knew. I was with my brother and sister. It was always the three of us. I never really had to face anything solo. I didn't really care to. And it kind of shaped my personality into this uh, go with the flow type of deal. Like, cause it was never just me. And I had friends growing up as well who were like, they were an only child. And I used to be appalled by just anything that they said goes. Anything they wanted to do, that's what they did. Anything that they wanted to buy, they wanted as a gift. They needed this. They got it. They got it. They got it. And growing up in a family with the three of us, obviously my parents didn't have, you know, excess money and funds to give us everything. And they gave us the freaking world. But I always remember being envious of the like only children that I knew who always just got so much more materialistic things, even though my parents freaking showered us with gifts whenever they possibly could. Like it's a lot more expensive to buy things in threes than it is to buy a solar thing by one thing. And again, it never really bothered me until I started to get a little older and it does not bother me. That's not even the right word, but it never seemed to dawn on me that I needed to be my own person because why I was the triplet. That's who I was. That was pretty cool. Everyone in my town knew who we were. Like it's pretty magnificent to know triplets. And that was that growing up in school and getting assigned your new teacher for the next year. Like they knew they got one of the triplets. Like it was just, that's who I was. And a lot of times I was like, does anybody even know who I am? Does anyone even know my name? Like, am I just a triplet? Like, cool. That's fine. Great. And the three of us kicked ass at life side by side, shoulder to shoulder. And I fucking loved it. So it really wasn't until probably around high school where I had my first identity shift. I didn't identify as a triplet. And I started to get a little annoyed about it. The simple things, right? I'm like, I want, you know, boys to recognize me as me, not just like the, tri the twins or the triplets. Cause sometimes people refer to me and my sister as the twins, even though like if my brother's not around, like we're still triplets. I don't, I never understood that, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're twins, whatever, who cares? Uh, but I started to want, 
you know, my own identity. And the three of us, obviously super close growing up, we had the exact same friend groups. When we got invited to things, the three of us got invited. When we had plans, it was the three of us. When we had a birthday party on our birthday, it was the three of us. The cake said the three of our names. Like, and I started to get to this point, um, again, around 13, 14, when you're getting like a little, a little rebellious where I'm like, I want to be me. I want everyone to know who I am. I want different friends. I want to dress differently. I want, you know, I just wanted my, I wanted my own identity. And I think that was my first shift was recognizing that like, I want to be my own person. And especially going into high school, obviously schedules change. You're around a ton of other people. I didn't want to be known as like the triplet because I wanted people to know my name. Like I wanted people to know who I was. And yeah, of course, my brother and sister are still super important to me at that point. But I'm like, I also want to stand on my own two feet totally solo, totally solo. So my own first identity shift, creating my own identity, I tried a little too hard got in a little bit too much with the wrong crowd and started to go totally buck wild the other way. So remember what I was saying at the beginning of the show too, everything that you are, every identity you have, every chapter you go through, you are innately you. You have characteristics to your core that will always show up, that will always be a part of you. That still stands 100% true. Like going through this phase, getting in with the wrong crowd, doing all the wrong shit. I was still getting A's in school. I was still freaking kicking ass at gymnastics practice. I was still going above and beyond and everything that I did. To my core, I know nothing less. I will never give less than 100%. That has been true since the day I was born. And that's still true through this identity as well. But I decided, you know, freshman year of high school that I needed to rebel a little bit. So I started drinking, I started smoking, I started making plans with people who were doing the wrong type of stuff, people who were older than me in high school. And looking back on it, I think you're like 13, 14, your freshman year, the idea and the fact that I was deciding that drinking alcohol and getting drunk and doing that on the weekends was was the move for me, like, holy fucking shit, I was a baby. I was an absolute baby. And of course, being stubborn and hard-headed as any teenager is doing the wrong shit, I didn't want to hear it from anybody. I didn't want to hear about my decisions. I didn't want to hear, like nobody could tell me anything. I was standing on my own two feet. I was creating my own identity. I was like the cool triplet who would go out, who would, was totally fine with drinking and like all this kind of stuff. Um, And that I thought that was going to kind of set me apart and and I would have my own friends and like, sure, my friends knew who my siblings were. Of course they did. But like I got invited to do these things and I was getting invited to go do the wrong things, the wrong things. And I just didn't even care because I wanted to be my own person. And this was getting me nowhere freaking fast. I just... It it was bad. I remember the first time, and I have such a clear memory of this. I remember the first time I ever went and got drunk at, you know, my freshman year of high school at some older upperclassmen party or whatever it was, you know, of course, lied to my mom. You know, she's asking why my brother and sister aren't invited. I've got, you know, a chip on my shoulder telling them, well, these are my friends and they're not invited and I'm just going by myself and blah, blah, blah. She finally, finally, finally lets me go against her better judgment because my mom is not an idiot. And she knew a little bit of what she was getting herself into, but she let me go. I pulled her hair about it. I pulled her. I just, I needed to go. So I went and got drunk and it became the motherfucking talk of the town. The talk, I don't, I didn't live in a a big town. It was very, very small town. Again, I was the triplet. I was, everybody knew who I was. So people started to get wind of this crazy epic party. And, you know, little old me was very much involved in that scene. And it got out and it got out pretty freaking fast. And my mom actually wound up getting phone calls from people around town, um, checking in saying, what the F is going on? I don't know if you've heard. This is what I'm hearing. So-and-so this. Deanna was there doing that. I think you need X, Y, Z. Everyone and their mothers had something to say to call up my mom and let her know what her delinquent-ass daughter was out doing on Friday night. And I have never in my life resented, hated being a triplet more ever. I'm like, if my brother and sister were not in the same classes with the same people at the same high school, hearing all this stuff and reporting back to my mom, how would she have known? 
they had like they had to wrap me out. It had to have been them. I hated them for it. This was ridiculous. Why can't I be like any other freshman who could just, you know, lie to their parents and and nobody would know about it? Where, how would my mom know any different if I said I was going to Susie Q's and I was actually going to Billy Bob's? Like nobody would know. How would she find out? No, it was because my siblings. They had to have told. And I got this chip on my shoulder that I was so angry that I couldn't get away with anything because I was a triplet and I hated it. I hated it. Looking back in retrospect, what the fuck was I doing? What the fuck was I doing? Why did I think going out, getting drunk, drinking, doing all this shit as a freshman in high school was the move for me? I have no idea. Absolutely none. And now looking back, I'm incredibly grateful that I had some smart ass people in my life who were looking out for me. Uh, But in the moment, as any teenager would, I was pissed. And during this time, my identity became that cranky attitude, pissed off, resentful. You know, I I basically ruined my relationship with my mom during that time, which is so crazy to say, too, because you guys hear me talk about her a little bit. She is my absolute best friend in this whole wide world whole wide world. I tell that woman everything. She, I don't go a single day without talking to her on the phone. I miss her like crazy since I've moved. Like she's my, she's my bitch. That's, that is my girl. And during this time, we could barely get through a conversation without arguing. I didn't want to be around her. I didn't want to see her. I didn't want to talk to her. I was grounded. My phone was taken away. I was only allowed to go to uh, practice. Like it was just And this went on for months and months and months and months and months until I got to a point where I was so fucking exhausted from fighting that I just kind of gave in. And I just started to understand like, okay, maybe everything in everyone in my life who is telling me that this new identity that I've now found for myself ain't really it. Like you got to stop. And like I said, it's not like I went off the deep end and became this absolute delinquent, you know, getting arrested and all this bullshit. That, That was not the case, but I was headed nowhere fast. I was not on the right track by any means. And the worst part about it was that I liked it. I liked having a different identity. I liked being different. I liked standing out with that group of friends who was doing all the wrong shit. And I was part of that. Like, ooh, I felt cool. And I think at the end of the day, I could have found any group of friends doing absolutely anything different, and I would have been happy with that. I just chose the wrong friends, the wrong group. And guess why, guys? It was because I liked a boy. Shocker, shocker. It was because my freshman year, I liked this boy who was not doing the right stuff. You know the drill. One thing leads to the next, and then you wind up doing the wrong shit with him. And it's just – it's a journey that I look back on and I'm so grateful for, but I have so many terrible memories of these all-out screaming matches, brawls, if you will, with my mom just fighting her on why I wasn't allowed to go and why I can't be my own person. And I just, I can't, I'm embarrassed for myself looking back at the ripe old age of 13, thinking that I had absolutely any right to be drinking, to be smoking, to be going out on the weekends, doing all this shit and thinking that I had a leg to stand on to defend myself. Like I should have shut my ass up and sat the hell down. And that identity was not the move for me. So that kind of carried through freshman, sophomore, maybe a little bit of sophomore year, um, but a lot less. It was really the bulk of freshman year where I was like, I'm going to do whatever I want. Nobody could tell me anything else. That was freshman year. Moving through the rest of high school, I started to, you know, get my ass into gear and remember like, all right, bitch, you're, you're good. You, you don't need to be acting out. You don't need to be doing all this stuff. You're a triplet. Be grateful to be a triplet. You can have your own identity. You can do your own things, but that doesn't mean you need to be getting your ass in trouble. So that was freshman year. Throughout the course of sophomore year, junior year, senior year, um, I got a lot more level-headed. It was almost like I had my crazy phase like freshman year of high school, whereas most people have it junior, senior year. And that's not to say I didn't have my fun uh, junior, senior year, but I think it's a lot more reasonable as you're going into college to be going out on the weekend having fun with your friends in high school versus me as a freshman, having absolutely no idea what I was doing. So throughout the course of my high school years, already I started to have another shift where I didn't want to be necessarily involved with that group of people. And I was still friends with them. There was nothing wrong with them, but I just understood that, hey, there's a different plan for me. And the older that I got through the years of high school, one, obviously college became a lot more, you know, prevalent. It was coming up a lot faster. And two, the idea that I was going to be doing gymnastics in college and I was aiming to be recruited by a division one school, like I can't be doing that shit. And like I said, it's not like my grades slipped. Everything was a-okay. I was still in freaking honors classes, AP classes, getting A's, like working my ass off up till midnight, doing homework after practice. Like all of that stood really, really firm during this time. But the older I got through the years of high school, I started to recognize that like going to practice, half-assing it, going to practice on a Saturday, hungover, doing shit that was not in line with me becoming a division one gymnast, I needed to stop. 
and having that moment, like we said now, like identifying where's the choice. My choice was as I was growing up, I needed to be a division one gymnast. That was my next identity. I decided that for myself and it was time for me to put in action and put in play the, the pieces that needed to take place to get from where I was to where I wanted to be. And that did not consist of me going out and being an absolute asshole and yelling at my mom and being hateful towards my family or any of those things. So making that decision coming out of high school and recognizing like, this is where I want to go. I was able to then look and say, okay, well, what does a division one gymnast do? How do they act? How do they behave? What's the difference from what I'm doing? And during this time of my rebellious years, I will say, I obviously gymnastics has always been a huge part of my life. I got given the got given. That's not an expression. I was given the nickname at practice, Sassy D. Oh yeah. Sassy D. And it was my coaches. That's a podcast for another time. My coaches loved to torment us. They love to get right up under your skin. And the more of a reaction they got for you from you, the um, more they would continue. So Sassy D became my kind of alter ego in practice during this time, during my rebellious years. And I fucking hated it as anybody does, because it wasn't just like, oh, D's in a bad mood today. It was like, oh, Sassy D's showing up. Da, 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 da. And it was just to get under my skin. And I let it. I let let it get under my skin. And again, everything teaches you lessons because of this time. I'm so good at letting the shit people say to me roll right off my shoulders because I just, I've been through it. I don't care. You want to say whatever, say whatever. That's fine. But Sassy D drove me nuts. And during this moment of, okay, D, get your shit together, wake the fuck up, shift your identity because this shit ain't it. I recognize like, okay, I can't be you know, emailing these college coaches, receiving phone calls from division one recruiters and doing all these things with the persona of me stepping foot in the gym. And I'm now known as sassy D like eh, eh, that cannot happen. And the last thing I ever wanted to do was have my coach, his name was Brian at the time, give my coach Brian any bit of reason, excuse, anything like that to, you know, get on that phone call with a division one coach. And they ask, you know, what is she like in practice? What's her work ethic? Like, how does she show up at the gym? What does that look like outside of competition? And this man goes, Oh, we call her sassy D like, you know what I'm saying? That was just not the look for me. I was not excited for that. I knew that that had to go and I had a conversation with one of my coaches, Dawn, at the time, and she kind of mentioned to me, like, listen, if you're here, you're choosing to be here. So you might as well put in the work. And if you don't want to be here, there's the door. And it kind of resonated with me where I'm like, holy shit, I, I've been showing up to practice. I don't skip practice, but every time I'm here, I'm counting down the minutes so I can go. I want to get the fuck out of here. I, I don't want to be here anymore. And to her, to her point, she's like, okay, then why the fuck are you here? then leave, then get out. There's the door. Like, see ya, you're not doing anybody a favor by showing up here with an attitude, pissed off and resentful that you're here. Like if you're here, show up, do something about it, put in the work. And that moment was kind of the start of this identity shift in the gym, as well as reworking my friends and things like that outside of it, where I said, okay, I want to be the hardest motherfucking worker in the room. I want to be showing up at every single practice. I want to be taking the four hours that I was there and capitalizing on it for six hours worth of work. I want to be putting in every little bit of detail work that I can so that when that coach, that college coach calls up Brian and says, hey, what's she like in the gym? I'd like to kind of talk about possibly getting her on my team for next year. He says, oh, let me tell you about this girl. She's incredible. She's amazing. She's a hard worker, X, Y, Z. And throughout the course of my high school years, I was able to shift into that identity. Obviously, grades, like I said, stayed put, but it was the attitude. It was the mindset. It was the I'm so grateful to be doing what I'm doing, to have even a shred of a possibility of an opportunity to be on a Division One team. And when I was able to sign those papers to Maryland, uh, University of Maryland, with my Division I gymnastics scholarship and, and head there, like, it all kind of hit me where I'm like, this is pretty fucking cool. I have the ability to decide what my identity is. I have the ability to decide where my actions are and who I show up as. And hey, when I put my mind to what I actually want to be doing, it fucking works. So I'm incredibly grateful for my delinquent years through high school and all the screaming matches between my mom and I, my coaches and I, myself and I, and it got me to that point of waking up and recognizing that that attitude has got to go. Leave that shit outside, throw it out the window. Nobody needs that. And without that time, I don't think I would have ever really learned that lesson. So then we get into the college years and mind you, I am riding the high of my life 
pulling up to the University of Maryland, my absolute dream school with this opportunity to be a part of their Division I gymnastics team. It was like everything that I had ever hoped for, wished for, dreamt of. I mean, not even just being a a D1 athlete. That that was, yeah, yes, that was my goal. Yes, that was a freaking huge, but it was the fact that I was an athlete there at the University of Maryland, a Big Ten school, a huge school. It checked every single box that I wanted it to check. I wanted to go to a big school. I wanted to go to a school where sports were huge. I wanted to go to a school where, you know, you, you head to the basketball game or the football game. Stadium is fucking packed. It had my major. It had incredible classes. Like, it checked every box. So you could just imagine. I have goosebumps talking about it right now. You can imagine me pulling up there freshman year just absolutely shell-shocked starstruck like holy fuck it was like that i made it moment that it, it was incredible it was incredible and throughout that time literally since i stepped foot on that campus day one i knew i had to earn a spot on that team and it sounds ridiculous because i was recruited to be there so like i was trying out or anything like that i already had a spot on that team but i i didn't i knew i needed to earn it I knew that I was amongst a bunch of athletes who were way better than me, a bunch of athletes who had committed way earlier than me, people who had been signed, sealed, delivered, ready to go to Maryland since freaking eighth grade. Imagine that. And I knew that I I was the last person they, they put on their roster. I knew I had to prove myself. I knew I had to earn a spot. And my identity from day one, stepping foot on campus, revolved around proving myself. In every sense, in every outlet, in every facet that it possibly could be. So obviously, socially, with my teammates. Like I had to prove myself in the gym, in the weight room, in the classroom. Um, and it wound up being so much so that I started to mold myself into kind of whatever I needed to be during that time. I don't ever feel like I was really me, if that makes sense. Um, and doing all of these things, like I said, my core values, who I am as a person, still 100% true. But socially with my teammates, feeling like I needed to prove myself, feeling like whenever, you know, the upperclassmen or anyone asked, hey, are we going out? We're doing this, we're doing that. My answer was yes. My answer was absolutely. My answer was 100%. If they said, we're going out on a Tuesday night, get yourself ready, we're doing this, we're doing that. And I knew I had an 8 a.m. exam the next day, I was saying yes. Like I had to prove myself. I had to, you know, remind myself and all of my teammates now, like I belonged here. I'm fun. I'm exciting. I am a great athlete. I am going to be a great friend. Like I felt like I needed to just be on constant prove mode and get the approval of all of my teammates around me. A lot of them had known each other prior to obviously the returning athletes, of course, but my freshmen coming in because a few of them had been committed for so long. They already knew the upperclassmen. They already knew the other teammates. I didn't. I was meeting everyone for basically the first time and I had to make sure like, please, I hope everybody likes me. And I wasn't doing anything crazy. I wasn't back in my freshman year of high school delinquent era or anything like that, but I just was always the yes guy. Always, always, always the yes guy. There was very few times, if ever, that there was plans being made that I was not a part of. And even if it was things that I didn't want to do, I just said, yes, like, yes, of course I want to go. Yes, I want to be involved. And a lot of times I enjoyed it a ton. It just, some of it, I'm like, I don't know why I even did that. Like, I didn't want to go to, I don't know, just some stupid shit that we were doing. And I just would rather have stayed home, but nope, I said, yes. So socially I had to prove myself in the gym. Obviously I had to be this goes without saying, the hardest worker in the room. When you're surrounded by a bunch of athletes who are better than you, and I can wholeheartedly say that, they're better than you, and you're fighting for spots to compete, like, you need to work your ass off. I don't understand how people do that. Like, people sometimes let that discourage them, or they kind of get a little timid, or they shy away. Like, what the fuck? If you know you're working for a spot, you know these these people are naturally more talented than you. You better damn well work your ass off to earn that spot. And that became my identity. I worked my freaking ass off in the gym every day. I worked my freaking ass off in the weight room every single day, pushing my hardest, cheering my loudest, being the most communicative as I could be. Um, the classroom obviously continued to get really good grades. Classes were so fucking hard. Holy shit. Nobody really prepared me for the major that I was going into, but geez louise it was not easy from day one um and i had to just keep pushing keep pushing keep pushing i felt like i was kind of low-key under a microscope 
for at least the first year or two of college. Um, because like I said, I was the last person recruited and I almost felt like people were watching to see like, eh, was it worth it to bring her on the team? And I wanted to make sure that there was a unanimous decision that yes, it was worth it. She's doing this, she's contributing here, she's working her ass off there. And don't get me wrong, I was a great athlete and I knew I had a spot on that team for a reason, but in the back of my head, I always kind of doubted myself and I knew that I had to really identify as like, I will do anything that it takes to prove myself right here, right now. And the interesting thing looking back on all this is that you don't recognize this in the moment. I didn't have a conversation with myself that said, okay, you're going to do this. You're going to identify as that. You're going to be the yes man for all the girls on the team and you're going to be best friends with everyone. And you're going to, you don't have that conversation. You just do what's necessary during that time. And what's interesting about me is I am an Enneagram three. Um, so if anyone who doesn't know what the Enneagram is, it's kind of a personality typing type deal. And it's very, very interesting. If you've never taken it, definitely recommend. Um, but I'm an Enneagram three which in a sense, there's positives and negatives. One of the things about Enneagram through is they're, they're really good at shape-shifting or essentially changing uh, their personality in order to best match like the energy in the room or what the room needed or the group that they're in. And I really did feel that. I felt like whatever was needed of me, that's where I, I went. And kind of going back to not feeling like I was me because I wasn't really doing things for me. I was doing things for what the team needed of me or what I thought the team needed of me or what I thought my coaches needed of me. And then that just became my identity. It, it was the first time really college that I was ever on my own and I had the chance to pick, like you can reinvent yourself, right? You step into a new environment, new people, new friendships. Nobody knows the old you. Nobody knew about my delinquent years of high school or how I had that moment becoming, you know, out of sassy D into like the hardest work. Nobody knew about any of that stuff. So you step foot on campus, you kind of have a clean slate. And I decided that my identity during this time was going to be the lead by example type of person. But it was the lead by example, very quietly type of person. I was hands down uh, intimidated by the upperclassmen or even just the louder people on my team. Even the girls who were freshmen with me, like they were loud. They've got big personalities. And I've never in my life identified myself as someone with a big personality ever. I'm kind of the like, once I warm up, we'll be good friends kind of gal. Um, so I was the, I'm going to let my actions do the talking. I'm going to lead by example. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to do everything that I needed to do. Um, and I really learned how powerful that was. And I got recognized for this time and time and time again. And it was so interesting because I didn't feel like I was doing anything extraordinary. I just felt like I was doing the job that was asked of me. I was given an opportunity to be here to represent the University of Maryland, to be a member of the women's gymnastics team, to, you know, be a kinesiology major. And I was doing what was asked of me in practice, in school, with my studying. I, that, that was what I had thought. Um, and it's so interesting that continuing to show up like that when most people don't, most people fall off, most people are getting poor grades, it stands out. It stands out. And I was fortunate enough to earn a scholarship uh, because of that work and because of the leader, the lead by example that I had identified and, and shifted myself into. And I've never been more grateful for that experience. I've never been more grateful for my coach, Brett, you know, continuously harping on you get to be here. You get to do these things. You don't have to do them. You don't have to go to practice and have to go to lift and have to go to class. You get to do this. And again, me coming in as the last person recruited, me thinking I never in a million years had a chance to go to the University of Maryland. And now here I am. Fuck yeah, I get to do these things. And that was when that piece of my identity, which you guys see very much present now, that is where that stemmed from. And again, going through all these phases, all these identities that I've had, you're going to recognize a lot of these things are now present with me and how I talk and how I think and the, the you know mindset that I have. It stemmed from somewhere. I didn't just create it poof out of thin air. It comes from all of your prior identities and all of the changes and chapters that you have been through. So if you're in a place right now where you don't like what's going on, you are kind of struggling with your mindset, you're struggling with your work ethic, you're struggling in the gym, you're struggling with consistency, that's all fine and good because it's going to teach you once you have and decide to have that aha moment of I got to get my in high gear, you're going to have that teaching moment where you can look back and reflect and say, wow, look at how far I've come. 
look what XYZ has taught me. And I'm so grateful for that because I wouldn't be able to have the mindset that I do, have the dedication and the discipline that I do now. Because anybody who has discipline had to have come from a place of having no discipline in order to learn that they even have it in order to learn how to implement it. So going through this time in college, having that I get to mentality, it was the biggest slap in the face of like, holy shit, he's right. I do get to be here. This is a privilege to walk on this campus, to be at this practice, to have my ass handed to me in conditioning and strength. Like I get to do it. I get to do it. And I, like I said, earned that scholarship, super, super proud about it. And I just continue to identify myself as kind of the like, happy girl. I was always positive. Everyone always walked, oh, Dee's always smiling. Like she's always in such a good mood, um, which was both good and bad. And I think that's also taught me a lot about just being transparent as well. I think I had a hard time during college really um, showing or, or telling or sharing or anything that I was going through. I kind of hit it. Because if you identify as the happy girl, the positive girl, the motivated, you know, excited, so grateful all the time, and you're having a really fucking hard day, like, it's very hard to show up in that. Because nobody's expecting that of you. And when nobody's expecting that of you, and as an NEM Gram 3, I'm very much, you know, focused on the approval of others. I can't show up when I'm having a bad day. I got to put a smile on my face. I got to hide that. I got to push that shit deep down. I will cry about it to my mom later on the phone, but like, I'm not letting anybody know about it. Um, so that was that, that was that piece of my identity where I was able to work my ass off, lead by example, but also kind of hide a good real piece of who I am, which again, everything teaches you something has allowed me to be a lot more transparent with what's going on in my life now with each of you guys, why I have a podcast to even share any of my struggles. If you had asked me to share a struggle back through college, I'd be like, what do you mean? I don't have any struggles. Life's good. What's there to complain about? I get to be here. I'm happy as a clam. And everyone's like, all right, well, she's good. She doesn't need anything. She's fine. And what's that saying? The squeaky wheel gets the oil or whatever. Yeah, my teammates all became the squeaky wheels. And I was very much not paid attention to in that regard. Whenever I did have aches and pains and complaints and things going on, real things going on in my life, I just chose not to share them because it didn't feel right with who I identified as during that time. So moving forward, fast forwarding through college, I graduated um, and my biggest identity was pre-med. I wanted to go to PA school, everything that I had done leading through my three years. I graduated uh, my undergrad in three years. So during that time, I decided I was going to go to PA school. I was going to be that medical person. I high-key wanted to be a surgeon, but I really didn't want to go to school for that many years. So I was like, I will be a physician's assistant to a surgeon. And I'm like, that sounds fantastic. That's what I'm going to do. I did a lot of internships with doctors. I got dressed up. I had my little scrubs. Like That's my next identity. And that's kind of what I shifted into after that. And unfortunately, this was a very uh, short-lived phase, a very short-lived chapter of my identity, one that I loved and very, very, I think of anything the most grateful for this because it led me to exactly where I am right now. So I graduated school. I needed my patient care hours in order to apply to PA school. So I started working in an eye doctor's office and I loved it for about two weeks. I loved getting dressed up in my scrubs. I loved being in a medical setting. I loved taking care of patients. I loved the little small talk before the doctor would come in and see them. I loved doing the charting. Like I just felt so in my zone. I still get chills thinking about it. I love the medical field. I think in another life, I will still be a PA or a doctor or a surgeon, but I loved it. I just felt like that badass bitch. And I was still super young. Obviously I graduated, I think I was 21 when I graduated, because I graduated a year early, something like that. Either way, I was young and obviously working in the office with everybody else. um, I was the youngest one there by like 20 years and I was walking around in my cute little scrubs and with my little iced coffee and I just felt like that bitch. I really did. That's the only way I can envision it. I had to drove into work every day. I had my sunglasses on. I just felt like I was ready for the real world. Like, look at me go. I just, I freaking loved it. And then it became entirely the worst job I've ever worked in my whole entire life. And I don't want to speak too much on it because who freaking cares? Long story short, I quit that shit. And that is the first and only thing I have ever quit in my life 
in my life. And you can imagine the mental and emotional turmoil that I faced making that decision because I am not a quitter. I am not a quitter. I don't leave things unfinished. I don't just walk out. I don't do these things. And I had to fucking quit. I had to go. This was not for me. And that was a really hard slap in the face because, okay, bitch, you just spent three years at school doing all of your pre-PA coursework. You graduated with a degree in kinesiology. You did all your prereqs. You're getting your patient care hours. You're not going to do this. Yeah. What are you going to do? What the fuck are you going to do? And you bet your ass all those thoughts going through my head as I drove home from my last day of work and informed my mother that I just quit my job. Oh boy. She exploded with all of those things that I was already thinking about. What are you going to do? What do you mean you quit? What's your job? Dean, you need money. How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? What the fuck are you thinking? Oh my gosh, she exploded. And I had to really sit and think and reflect. And this was another moment of my journey where I was faced with that decision of, okay, bitch, who are you? What do you value? Who do you want to become? What does your ideal day look like? What was your lifestyle? What, where, where the fuck, what are you going to do next? And more importantly, what do you want to do next? And it was in that time, those couple of months I actually spent post-grad um, without, actually it was probably like a month and a half. It felt like a lifetime without a job. And I was thriving. I would wake up. I would go on my little walk. I would go to the gym for like an excessive period of time. I would come home. I would like maybe search up a couple of jobs and I was just living. Obviously it's zero responsibility for the very first time in my whole entire life. No practice, no gymnastics, no coaches, no teachers. It was just me. And I'm so grateful for that very small window of time because as I became more and more and more independent and started thinking more and more and more on what I wanted, I spent more and more time in the gym. And I loved it. And I would be gone for endless hours of the day. My mom would be like, where the fuck have you been all day? I'm at the gym. And I freaking loved it. That was the only place that I still felt kind of a sense of purpose because I didn't know what was happening next. I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know what job I was going to work or anything like that. All I knew is that I loved being in the gym. And it was because of that time and my excessive hours spent in that facility that during this transitional period, I had been offered a job um, by the fitness manager at the gym and said, Hey, do you want to be a trainer here? Like what, what do you do? Like you're here all the time, every day you kick an ass in here. Like, do you want to be a trainer? And I was like, what do I want to be a, uh-huh. Like, and I was like, I don't know. I'm like, for me, and I will totally transparently say this. I thought being a personal trainer was like, a very low paying, low key, stupid job that those who don't go to college do. That was my thought. It was like, anybody could be a trainer. I'm above that. I don't need that. I don't want to do that. That's lame. That's boring. That's stupid. Um, I had always thought more of myself than being a trainer. I want to be a surgeon. Like I want to go and be perform surgery. And you're going to ask me homeboy, if I want to be a personal trainer. And you know what I said? I said, yes. Yes, I do. I would love to be a personal trainer. That sounds fucking sick. What do we do? What's the next step? And that started the next phase of my journey where I became that, you know, that girl, that fitness girl. I was working at the gym. I was training all my clients. I had a very full roster of in-person clients very quickly. I would work out for way longer than I should every day. And I was high key obsessed and loving it. And I didn't ever know that I wanted to be in that space until I was given that opportunity. And I took it. And I wouldn't have been given that opportunity if I hadn't quit my job as a uh, tech assistant for the eye doctor. And I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't graduated college early. Like everything goes back to my core, to the chapters, the journeys, the identities that I have shifted through to lead me to that position in the gym, working with clients, getting all of that experience and becoming that, you know, fitness girl uh, who was just obsessed with it. And I freaking loved it. I freaking loved it. I'm so grateful for that time. And obviously one thing led to the next and I'm here doing what I'm doing now, which is online training and online coaching, working with women across the country, out of country. I have a few clients in Australia, the Czech Republic. I'm doing things, working with people, changing the lives of individuals who I would never have the opportunity to even converse with on a regular basis. And I fucking love it. 
I love what I'm doing, but I could not have gotten there without me identifying as what I thought was a lame, stupid, low rent, you know, easy peasy for the birds type job as a personal trainer. I thought nothing of it. And I'm so grateful that for a short period of time, I was that in-person trainer. I was doing that. I gained that experience and I'm able to use that now for everything I want to do moving forward. So am I still that overly obsessed at the gym for 10 hours a day, you know, crazy fitness girl? No, definitely not. Is there a piece of me who's still there? Absolutely. Is there a piece of me who would still do a three hour leg day every day if she could? Absolutely. I love it. I love it. And that has become a bigger piece of my identity now. But what I've shifted into and kind of where I'm currently at is more of that balance, the healthy lifestyle that, you know, focuses on my growth, not just in the gym, but outside of the gym, focuses on other areas of my life, knows how important taking rest days are, knows how important a balance between work and life is, knows how important it is to show up every single day, no matter what's going on, how you're feeling, how you're doing, just putting your best foot forward and stepping into the day with that mindset instead of I'm going to freaking kick some ass today. And that's kind of the version of me that you guys get now through the podcast, through my Instagram, through all the content that I put out there. It's it's because of the crazy obsessive fitness girl. It's because of the pre-PA student. It's because of the lead by example girl at, at college. It's because of me being a delinquent in high school. It's because of me being a triplet. All of these chapters of my identity have been so crucial in my development. And that's why I say too, it's very exciting to know five years from now, 10 years from now, I'm going to be having the same conversation and I will have multiple new chapters to add to this story, to add to my growth and my development. And going through shifts of your identity is not about getting rid of the old you. There, It's not about, you know, completely rewriting the script or closing the book. It's about taking pieces of things that you have learned that have proven to be beneficial, carrying them into the next chapter, but adjusting to better align with where you want to go, right? Everything I learned as, as a division one gymnast, fuck yes, I use to this day. But again, everything I've learned also helped me to adjust and pivot so that I'm not just the yes girl. I'm not just putting others first. Everything that I learned as a crazy obsessive fitness girl, I still use today, but I've better adjusted to be more balanced because now I want to have my identity be a little bit more balanced, a little bit more lifestyle based, a little bit more, you know, that side of things. Um, and everything that I've done has allowed me to learn and grow from it. And, and my identity shifts were unknown to me at the time. Um, very unknown. Again, I didn't sit down and say, maybe, I mean, maybe once or twice had that conversation of like, all right, where are we going? What's going on? Um, but I didn't sit down and be like, okay, now's the time to shift. Now's the time for a new identity. Like I am definitely a different person now than I was during that time, but I didn't do it intentionally. I did it based on the goals that I had set for myself. I set a goal to be a division one gymnast. I had to start acting like it. I set a goal to be an online health and fitness coach. I had to start acting like it. And you, it's more than just saying you're going to do it. You don't just manifest this stuff out of thin air and poof, life hands it to you on a silver platter. You have to be very conscious, willing, able to take a hard look at all of your actions and routines on a regular basis and say, okay, what aligns with the future me? What doesn't? And then adjust accordingly. And it's not the easiest thing to do because a lot of what you're currently doing right now in your current identity, it's gotten you this far. And that's not a bad thing. But if you want to take it to that next level or you want to shift entirely who you are and who you show up as, you have to be willing to really look very hard and see exactly what needs to change. So a little snippet into the many, many faces and changes and, and shifts throughout my life. And hopefully that was insightful for each of you guys just to hear more of my journey to where I'm at right now. Whether you're going through the same journey or you're not, I think that we can both learn from each other in this time and be able to really develop exactly who we are as a person. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, my heart goes out to all of my mental rappers. I appreciate you guys so incredibly much. And I would love to continue this conversation specifically because I think it's so interesting for us all to be able to reflect on together. So if you are not already, I would love if you join into the Mental Reps Podcast Facebook group in order 
order to continue this conversation and, and have me hear a little bit more of your identity shifts and exactly what you've learned. And then we can set those goals and standards and expectations for what it is we want to do moving forward. So the link to join into that free Facebook group is in the description of today's episode as well. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'll catch you next week.